There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're going to have a look this afternoon at some of the updates that have occurred over the last two or three weeks whilst we have been on a break from the podcast and have a look at how that impacts our Supercoach, mainly draft, but we'll also have a quick look at Classic. If you are mainly a Classic player, uh, remember the Beers and Break Evans is returning on Feb 18. Myself and Timmy Williams getting stuck back into it. Cannot wait for that. Really excited about it, to be honest with you. I've been fucking around with my team uh, over the Christmas break. Uh, I've come up with a billion different combinations, as I'm sure the rest of you have, that are gold subscribers. So we'll go through that very soon. I might take you guys through my Supercoach Classic team as it stands right now during the week. Uh, But beers and break-evens, that will be returning on the 18th. So stay tuned for that. Let's have a look at some of the things that have occurred whilst we've been away. And as per usual in Rugby League, there is a fuckload. I've got about 10 dot points here uh, that are relevant for Supercoach that we will go through. As I said, we'll touch a little bit on Classic, but Draft in particular is what we'll probably be touching on most here. So uh, the first one, Ryan Pappenhausen and Tommy Turbo. Since we've been uh, on our spell, little sabbatical, we've seen both of these guys go over to America. Now, we knew for a little while before this that Tommy Turbo was going, so that wasn't a huge shock to anyone. And I think that it didn't, it didn't surprise anyone in any way, shape, or form that Tom was going over there, and I'm all for this. I think it's a good decision by Seabold and the Manly Seagulls. Obviously, we saw what happened to Latrell Mitchell when he went over there. He came back a new human. He came back more professional, fitter, just everything. So uh, I'm very excited to see what happens to Turbo when he goes over there. Look, he had the hamstring injury. We spoke about this with Draft. We spoke about this uh, with the weekly rubdown as well, talking Supercoach Draft, uh, where this sits Turbo as far as where you would draft. 
draft him. Uh, look, I'm more confident to draft him after knowing that he's going to America uh, than when the Manly Seagulls were just dealing with this fucking thing. I have got first draft pick in my comp, so it's not something I have to worry about. Uh, but if you are someone that is eyeing off Tommy Turbo, you got pick two, three, four. Uh, I think I'd be a little bit happier that he is going to America. So Tommy Turbo, uh, a guy that I think we just wait and see for trials. He probably won't play trials, to be fair, actually, the more I think about it. Uh, but, you know, if all signs are good, if, it, you know, if there's hype videos and all that sort of stuff coming out of America and it all seems to be going well, uh, I would still be drafting Tommy Turbo. Uh, I, I, to be honest, with the risk that we now have with his hamstring and everything and with what's happened to Pappy, maybe you shift Nico Hines up a little bit higher. I'd still be very tempted if all goes well to take Turbo 2 though, uh, but I think you could get him at 3. You might even be able to get him at pick 4 in competitions now. Uh, Ryan Pappenhausen, he's probably the more interesting one. Now, we spoke about it with the weekly rubdown boys talking about how Pappy had signed up to play in this uh, cricket game uh, that is in uh, I think it's early Feb, I believe it was. Uh, it looks like he probably won't feature in that now. You would have to assume he has gone over to America uh, to work on this knee. And look, I can't really comment on severity of the injury because I don't have the sort of understanding needed to make comment on it. But I did say the entire offseason that it is something that really worries me. It looked like a bad injury to hear that he isn't running yet. Um, and it's, you know, January 5 or whatever it was when I saw that quote. A little bit of a worry with Ryan Pappenhausen. Obviously a goal kicker as well. Uh, I believe it was his right knee. I think he's a right footer. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things to worry about with Pappy. I'm probably more worried about Pappy than what I am about Turbo as it stands right now with all the information that we have. I'm sure that will change as we go. I love the content that the Melbourne Storm are putting up of Pappy training over there in America. Uh, I'll be watching that very, very closely as I'm sure a lot of you guys will. But these two traveling to America to sort their injuries out, it is a positive, uh, but there is no doubt about it whatsoever that it is a serious worry if you're in the market to draft these guys and... You know, if it looks like there's going to be a bit of value on these guys and your pick, you know, four, five, six, seven, and you thought, fuck, it could be in a bit of curry here, uh, all of a sudden you might be able to pick up a really classy player if they return. You might get some fantastic value there. So all of a sudden your Heinzers, your Latrells, your Munsters, they might look a little bit more appealing to players out there. So we'll see how it plays out with these two over in America. Ryan Pappenhausen, he is hugely overpriced in classic, so you wouldn't consider him. He's coming in at about 830K, so you'd be crazy to start with him regardless. Turbo is obviously a lot cheaper, so the classic players will be keeping a very close eye on Turbo. If he is named to play in round one, uh, for me, I bring Turbo straight in. I really don't have any question marks over that whatsoever. I think getting him at 530K... Uh, it is simply too good to turn down. So I would bring be bringing him in straight away. Uh, if they do ease Tommy Turbo in, uh, it will be interesting because if he doesn't play round one, uh, they've got to buy round two. So... They may take that approach to Manly Seagulls. We might not see him round one. We might not see him in re until round two, uh, in which case, you know, he might return round three to take on the Parramatta Eels, which, to be honest with you, wouldn't be a bad little player to give us, you know, then you'd be you'd have another two weeks until Turbo goes up in price, so he would take on the Eels uh, in round three. He would then take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and then in round five, uh, which after this game, he'll go up in price, he'd take on the Newcastle Knights. So you could wait until then to bring in Turbo, potentially, which I wouldn't mind the play. does play the, the Panthers the week after, uh, which is a tough little gig there. There's no doubt about it. Into the Melbourne Storm uh, in round seven. And then who do Manly play after that? 
the West Tigers, okay? So they sort of, it eases on them a little bit after that, followed by the Titans. But yeah, Turbo's going to be an interesting balancing act. Uh, I would, If it looks like he is going to be fit for the season, even if he misses round one, which the more I think about it, wouldn't shock me to give him an extra two weeks to recover. Uh, I still think Turbo will be a premium player for Supercoach, and I think he's a guy that can genuinely win your competition, as you guys all know. So Turbo and Pappy, uh, look, I'm nervous about both of them. It's not a decision I'm going to have to make, thankfully, but a lot of you guys will be in that boat, and I just think we need to wait for more information. Uh, the West Tigers, they have signed a stack of players this offseason. It really has been incredible. Well, not so much this offseason, but just for this year. Uh, the guys that they are bringing in for next year, it's been fucking incredible the amount of guys they've been able to sign. Uh, one of them, the most recent one, is Johnny Bateman. It was a couple of weeks ago now, uh, but we didn't ha- we weren't doing the podcast at the time. So John Bateman, he becomes very, very interesting. We know how good he was before he left. He was incredible, John Bateman. I'm actually in my draft competition. I drafted him the first year. I got him around uh, round seven, round eight, something along those lines, just because we hadn't really seen him play. He was coming to the NRL from England. The, and the only reason I took him was because he was uh, 2RF slash CTW. If he wasn't that dual, I wouldn't have grabbed him when I did. Thankfully, I did. Uh, and I didn't think he was going to be that good, to be honest with you. But I just thought a dual was worth grabbing and fuck it, pay dividends. That was 2019. He averaged 72 points that year. He was incredible, John Bateman. Uh, it's one of my better draft picks ever, I think. He was unbelievable. To have a dual position guy uh, playing at a 70 average, a captain option every week. You have a look at his run home over his last few weeks. He went 105, 81, 80, 74, 63, 93. In that run, he scored one try. So uh, pretty incredible stuff what Johnny Bateman was able to do in the NRL. That was obviously 2019. 2020 was also pretty solid for Bateman, uh, still with an average of 70. It was obviously injury affected. I actually drafted him uh, in my comp that year as well. So I'm the only person to ever own uh, John Bateman in my comp, which is pretty wild. Uh, I don't know if I'll be keeping it this year, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about a few things with John Bateman. Obviously, coming back uh, into this club, obviously being a little bit older, uh, is he get, he's going to land on that left side, I would assume, outside Luke Brooks. I worry about that a little bit. We know that when John Bateman does his best work, though, it's an unders ball, and I'm sure that he will be organising a lot of that side. And if he, he, I'm sure he will get the ball however the fuck he wants it from Luke Brooks. 2020. Obviously, he didn't play until round 12. Only played about eight games. His scores, though, 88, 56, 95, 64, 60, 68, 87, and a 39 at the end there. So... To average 70 across those weeks without a preseason, essentially. Uh, Very, very impressive from John Bateman. So there's no doubt about it. He is a super coach gun, yeah? You have a look at that 2020 season. His base stat average was 50. Uh, now, he was second row forward. Just that year, he, he lost the CTW from the year before. He will just be a 2RF uh, in this season as well for the West Tigers. Uh, he's a guy that I think he can take a punt on. But I just, there's uh, just the West Tigers and him coming back. He's a little bit older now. I'm just, I'm a little bit worried about the output of Johnny Bateman. Is he really old? No, he's not. He's only 29, but he is, he is a different player. There is no doubt about that. I think that he has changed a little bit. I watched him over in the Super League last two years in bits and pieces. He wasn't as impressive as what he was in the NRL. I thought in the World Cup, he was really good though. I thought he was strong there. Uh, So this is a risk that I will probably let someone else take. But if we do get the John Bateman that we had a couple of 
of years ago. I think there is value in Bateman. There is no doubt about it. But it's probably a risk that I'm not willing to take. But I can understand if you guys are. I think he should be locked in for 80 minutes. I can't see John Bateman signing with the West Tigers to not play for 80 minutes. I think he will 100% be there. Uh, outside Luke Brook worries me a little bit. But I also think that John Bateman, he will be in control on that edge. Whatever Bateman wants, he will get it off Luke Brooks. Uh, I think he'll be the real alpha on that edge. So, yeah, an interesting one. Uh, just uh, It's just a little bit too much risk for me where you're probably going to have to draft him. But if you do manage to get him, really good chance you get an absolute weapon there in John Bateman. Uh, the Roosters, bit of drama over the last week or so. Connor Watson, an injury that was fears of an ACL injury, apparently isn't that bad, but he still could miss a lot of footy. So it will be interesting to see how the Roosters deal with that. I think that uh, this has the biggest impact probably on Brandon Smith. Now, in my mind, uh, Brandon Smith, he was going to start at hooker. And then I thought they might give him a little bit of a spell and maybe uh, play this guy, Connor Watson, at nine. I also thought there was a chance that he maybe comes on and just plays 13. So maybe there was a world uh, where you see Brandon Smith play big minutes at nine. Uh, but now with him out, I think the obvious choice is Jake Turpin. I think he'll be the guy that will come in. And that worries me a little bit for Brandon Smith. I think that'll mean that he'll play more as a middle forward throughout games. I, I think that they will carry Turpin. I think that you'll see Brandon Smith start at nine, but I think when he comes back on the field, he'll probably play at 13 um, and maybe play 13 when Victor Radley's not on the field or just come on as a middle forward in general. So I think Turpin will probably be the guy to take that 14 jersey. The Roosters have got other options. I'll talk about one of them soon, but at the moment I'm feeling Turpin there uh, to come on and play a little bit of hooker. So Brandon Smith, look, it's not a disaster. Don't get me wrong. I still think he'll be a fantastic pick uh, for, for you guys in draft comps at hooker in a pretty in a position that's going to be pretty tough this year. But I just think there's a good chance that he doesn't play huge minutes at hooker, which is a little bit of a worry because we know when Brandon Smith's at his best playing nine, he is scoring tries. He is just so dangerous close to the line. I just that's my only worry. Brandon Smith similar to Johnny Bateman. I probably just want to sit and watch them this year. See how they go at their new clubs and what their role is going to be exactly. Uh, but look if you, if you manage to draft Brandon Smith and you don't go too early, I think you've got yourself a good pick there. I just want to see his role before I dive in and draft him. As I said with the weekly rub down boys hooker is a position that I will probably just go fuck it. Uh, not overly interested in this year. So I think I'll let someone else take the Brandon Smith punt, but I just think this Connor Watson injury probably doesn't help his cause. That's my uh, initial reaction to it. The other one at the Roosters is Satili Tupanua. He obviously did an ACL last year, I believe it was. Uh, he's out until May, according to the Roosters. This report came out a couple of weeks ago. So May, you're missing a, a good whack at the start of the season, uh, and even when you do come back, you're coming back with no match fitness and whatnot. He started the season last year uh, in the back row for the Sydney Roosters. Got caught out in defense on a couple of occasions. Did improve as they went, uh, but did drop a lot of balls too. Had a lot of errors in his game. So he will give someone else an opportunity for the first two months of this competition or whatever it may be. Um, the first week, the first game they play in May is round 10. So if he returns around that mark, and I'd say that's the earliest he could return, uh, it'll be interesting. That's the week they go to the Suncorp for Magic Round. The week after that, they play the Panthers at Penrith. So it'll be a tough little transition back into this side. Uh, I, I'll, I'll be interested to see how Satili Tupinor works out. I actually think there's a good chance that this injury uh, could derail him big time as far as being a rooster. 
I think he's got a huge career in first grade. Don't get me wrong, but I think he's going to give Nat Butcher another opportunity to show what he can do. And I've got a feeling that this Satili Tupanua injury might open up a spot on the bench uh, for our boy Josh Wong that we've been talking about for a very, very long time. Uh, Wong, I think he's going to be a superstar over the next few years. I've spoken about this at length with you guys. Draft this year... I don't know. I, I think that he's going to be behind Nat Butcher. Uh, I think that when Satili gets back and he's fit, you'll probably just see because of maturity and whatnot, he'll probably just slightly fall below him. Uh, you might see when Angus Crichton goes to play Origin and whatever. I know a lot of people are talking about Nat Butcher as an Origin smoky, which I'm not going to rule out, but I think he's probably a long shot. Uh, you could see Josh sort of jump into one of these roles to come on as a 13. I sort of think Brandon Smith will play that role in the back end of games as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Wong gets a bench spot in this Sydney Roosters side, but I'm not convinced he's going to play big minutes this year. I think it would take a number of injuries uh, for him to play big minutes. If that does happen, I think he's going to be an absolute weapon in draft. But with Satili Tupanua missing out for the first few months, I think it makes Nat Butcher really appealing. I think if Nat Butcher starts and plays the first 10 weeks and does well, I think he'll hold on to that jersey as well, to be honest with you. A, a better defender and just a more consistent player. Probably doesn't have the highs of um, Satili Tupanua, but I think he's more consistent. And I think Robbo... Uh, can get very comfortable with that very, very quickly. So a little bit worried about Satili. He's probably not a guy that I'd be drafting if I was you guys. He'll miss the first 10 rounds, and then I'm not sure if he gets back into this team. Let someone else fill up a bench spot with him. I think he'll be a bit of a headache. Now, Butcher, though... His stocks are probably rising. I think that he can hold on to that edge spot for the season once he get it, gets it. So he's a very interesting guy who's got uh, very good stats when he plays in the back row in that butchery. He's had some very, very impressive stats there. So keep an eye on him. He's a guy that I'd probably push up your draft boards a little bit. Uh, but there is the risk of Silly Tupanua coming back. There is the risk of Josh Wong, Egan Butcher, these sort of guys. I think that Nat Butcher's pretty much got it sewn up. When you have a look at the back end of the season, I think it was round 18 onwards he played 80 minutes in the back row or thereabouts, uh, 54, 65, 94, 53, 140, where I think he scored four tries against the Tigers. I think it was the SCG. I was out there that night. Uh, and then he finished with a 41 and a 36. So a little bit up and down, but also some very good numbers in there. I think if he has a full preseason uh, as a back rower, I think he could do very well there, Nat Butcher. And he's obviously going to pick up. You know, I just said oh, he scored four tries in that game. But he's at the Roosters. He's playing on, on an edge. He's going to score tries here and there. He is a known try scorer, Nat Butcher. I think he scored four, six, seven, eight, about nine tries last year. And he was only a starting back role for, you know, a third of the season. So, Nat Butcher, plenty of upside there. One to keep an eye on. Unfortunate for Stilly Tupanua. And I think that Nat Butcher could be the big winner. And I think it could give my boy Josh Wong an opportunity. Love him. Just not sure if the minutes are going to be there for him to be super relevant as far as draft goes. Uh, Payne Haas, obviously been in a little bit of trouble. I've had a lot of questions about Payne Haas when it comes to draft. Payne Haas, not in trouble himself, sorry. Obviously, some family. Uh, Wes Naguam was going on there. Uh, said that he's taken some time off. I've had people message me and say that Pat Carrigan gets a big boost now. Look... The season is still eight weeks away. Do you, I, I just I can't see Payne Haas not being back for round one. I, I'm confident he's going to be there. Will he maybe be at his absolute best? Probably not. Uh, so if you take 20% off Payne Haas at his best, he's probably still a top five front row realistically. Uh, I just, I, I'm not keen on drafting Payne Haas. I'm not going to draft any front rowers, but I'm not sure if this gives Pat Carrigan this massive boost that people are uh, messaging me about, to be honest with you. So I really don't think much changes in Brisbane. I'll be shocked if Payne Haas isn't playing round one. I just can't see it playing out that way. It's so far away. If it was next week, 
okay, maybe we're having a different conversation. But I think Payne Haas will line up round one. I think he will still play big minutes like he has the last few years. And I think him and Pat Carrigan, I think their scores will stay reasonably similar to what they did last year. You might see a bit of improvement. But I don't think it'll be crazy like what people are saying to me. Uh, more recently, I think it was only yesterday that it got announced, Danny Levi officially announced that he has signed with the Canberra Raiders. A lot of people message me, especially from a classic perspective, cheapy. Uh, no. yeah, I, I mean, Canberra Raiders hookers, whether you're playing classic draft, whatever it is, stay the fuck away from them. The Raiders don't know what they're doing. You working it out, good luck. Uh, between Danny Levi, between Wolford, and between Starling, no thank you. They're all going to play split minutes, split minutes. At best, the winner of this will probably play 50 minutes, which is shithouse. You don't want anything to do with that, and it can change at any given minute. I don't think Danny Levi is the answer to anything. He's a guy with a little bit of attacking up. He has got attacking upside, probably not as much as Tom Starling, uh, probably not as good a defender as Wolford. So I just, I don't see, I don't really see what this signing brings for the Raiders. Look, Danny Levi was an incredible player when he was younger. He's really struggled the last few years. I think his decision-making can be poor at times. I just, I don't know how this quite works out. Uh, with the Canberra Raiders, to be honest with you. But Danny Levi, along with the other Canberra hookers, not interested. No, thank you. Not even on my radar. I don't even think Danny Levi is worth having a punt on your draft bench in round 17. I'd, I'd be looking elsewhere. Um, and I I can guarantee you I will not be drafting a Raiders hooker unless it is round 17 and it is maybe Tom Starling, but I don't think he will be there. The Canberra Raiders, they're hookers. Do not interest me in the slightest. And Danny Levi, he isn't getting a bait. Hylam Lukey. It looks like he will return in round four to six. So he's going to miss the first month or so. We don't really know where Luciano Lelua is at as far as him playing in the first few weeks. Done. He's battling an injury too, I believe. Uh, so the guy that could actually start the season on the edge there, unbelievably, is Jack Goss from the Manly Seagulls, formerly with the Dragons, arriving up there. Uh, a guy that I'm not overly keen on, to be honest with you. I don't rate him that highly as a footballer. I think Supercoach stats, when you talk about his average and stuff, I think sometimes... We can put averages together and, you know, say, oh, you know, he's pretty handy, does this, does that. I, I've just never quite seen it from him, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to play big minutes up there. I'm not sure if he plays 80 minutes. as games last year where he played 50-odd minutes, scored 27, 50 minutes, scored 24. Uh, he's just not a guy that I can trust, to be honest with you. So, uh, look, I, I reckon he'll – if you don't have a back row or you have a back row that might be injured for the first few weeks of the season – Maybe Jack gra grabbing Jack Goz. I just I I just think he's destined for, for your waiver wire though. I just don't think he's going to last all that long. Recent years, games that he's played eighty minutes. He's only played eighty minutes once in the last two years. Uh, that was against the South Sydney Rabbitohs in round two for the Manly Seagulls. Uh, scored forty one points there. So he's really not jumping out of the ground. I don't I don't really see the appeal. I know he's very very cheap in classic, but I, I just think he's going to become a fucking headache. I don't think he's that. good good. Um, there was a stretch a couple of years ago, when was it? 2020 where he scored a heap of tries a few weeks in a row. I think he scored about seven tries in six weeks and everyone got very excited about him. Uh, he doesn't do it for me. He just, I can't I can't do it. I mean, you have a look back at that season. I'll just run you through the numbers here. Uh, he played 61 minutes against the Newcastle Knights. Uh, he had a base of nine and he scored a try and he got 30. So he scored a try, played 60 minutes and got 30. The week after that, he played 39 minutes. Uh, he had 15 in base. He scored a try, he got 33. So a forward scoring a try, scoring 30 points. 
No, thank you. The week after that, he played 30 minutes. He's had a base of six points. The week after that, he played 80 minutes. He scored a try and he got 48. The week after that, uh, he played 30 minutes, scored a try and got 50. Uh, the week after that, he played 80 minutes. He scored two tries and he got 96. Um, and he only had 30 in base. So I just I can't trust this guy. I think that there's been times before in his career where he was either going to get dropped or not be in a side or become very irrelevant as far as Supercoach goes. Then he would score a try out of nowhere. Uh, I, I just can't see it. So Jack Goss, I am not interested in him at all. Hylam Lukey, he's out until I think it's round four to six, we said. Um I'd be drafting him as is. Just just, just remember he's out for those first few weeks, but I wouldn't be leaning on a Jack Goz. I think that when Dunn is fit, he jumps ahead of him. Leilua, when he's fit, he obviously jumps ahead of him. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, a lot of no thank yous. And I'm sure there would be a young junior or someone in that Cowboys system uh, that they would probably have over Jack Goz realistically. So, no from me. Happy to be proven wrong, but not interested in Jack Goz. Uh, we had Ben murdoch Masilla. He signed with the Dragons. I I was so high on this guy last year, it was not even funny, and it was probably my worst call of the year. Uh, I'm going to stick with that and say no thanks. Uh, ben murdoch Masilla. I mean, even the games that he got decent minutes, which is 40-odd, uh, still didn't score well, 26, 31, scores like that. Um, obviously, in the Super League, Scored a number of very good tries over there. NRL's a lot faster. I think he's really slowed down over the last year. He came, he, he returned and had a few injuries early as well, which I think really hampered him. Uh, going to that Dragons team where they are all just stock standard forwards and they'll probably run with, you know, three front rowers on their bench. I just don't think he gets the minutes to have any impact. So Ben murdoch Masilla, I'm not tipping him for a bounce back or anything like that. I think it is what it is, and I think he just joins uh, that group of super coach forwards that are at the Dragons that aren't Jack Bird or Jack DeBellin that you just want nothing to do with. So, yeah, no interest in Ben murdoch Masilla. Don't mind the signing for the Dragons, but I just think it's very... Uh, he, I, I think he's a little bit over the hill. I don't think he's the guy that we thought he would be. Uh, an older guy as well just doesn't doesn't do it for me. So no interest whatsoever there. Tessie New signs with the Dolphins. Tessie New, an interesting one. Uh, we know or we believe that Hamiso uh, has signed with the Dolphins to be the fullback. Tessie arrives there. Uh, pretty talented one, let's be honest here, and can have some good super coach games. Uh, you have a look. Last year, he played fullback in every single game that he played. One of them was injury affected, uh, but he still finished with an average of 57. I personally think if you gave him the one jersey for an entire year and you gave have Hamiso the jersey for an entire year, I think that you would see uh, Tessie New come out with a better average at the end, to be honest with you. I really don't trust Hamiso as a fullback, especially as a super coach fullback. Um, the base just isn't there. He just doesn't get through enough work for me. There are games there where he can go for 10 to 20 base points. If he doesn't score a try, you're in serious, serious trouble. Um, what was his average last year? Oh, obviously, you can't go off his average last year because he did play so many limited games uh, when he came off the bench. But when you have a look at his first four games last year in that Cowboys side, first game played 80 minutes for 34. Second game played 80 minutes for 60. Scored a try in that. Um, next game, 80 minutes for 26 points. Next game, he played 60 minutes for 12 points. So when you're a fullback in the NRL and you're scoring a try and you're scoring 60 in Supercoach, uh, that's a hard pass from me. We know that he can score points very quickly and absolutely explode. Uh, but I just, I don't know. Even, like, if you go to round 13, and obviously, I remember last year in classic t- t- 
Timmy Williams. He brought Hamiso for this game. He scored two late tries, got him out of jail. He scored two tries and scored 67 as a fullback in the NRL against the Gold Coast Titans. I mean, I think that sort of says it all for me. I can't go near him. Uh, he can score tries and go sub-50. So, Hamiso, I'm not interested in him in the slightest. If Tessie News playing fullback, I'm a little bit more interested, to be honest with you. Uh but I still, if he's my fullback, I'm not happy with my team in any way, shape, or form. So, Dolphins, I don't think I'm going to draft too many of those guys. I wouldn't be surprised if I don't draft any of them. Obviously, uh, Katoas are interesting. Tafares are interesting. Um, other than that, I'm not overly keen on any of these guys. Jeremy Marshall King might not be a bad little play late uh, if you're looking for a hooker, but you have got Nick Arima there. Uh, you have got uh, Ray Stone there. We know that Wayne Bennett traditionally is a hook, is a killer of hook. Uh, so, yeah, not too much jumping out of me there at the Dolphins, to be perfectly honest with you guys. Even Katoa, he's a huge punt, as is uh, Tafade. We could get halfway through the year and still not have seen those guys. I think we will, especially with Tafade in the centres. Uh, but, yeah, Dolphins, no one really jumping out at me there, to be honest with you. Uh, Tessie New is interesting, but, fuck, if my team has Tessie New running around at fullback for the Dolphins, I'm very, very nervous. And I'm not sure if you'll know whether who will be the fullback before round one for them, to be honest with you. And if it changes by round five, I won't be shocked in the slightest. Uh, a couple of rumors that are getting around. Nathan Brown, it looks like he will sign with the West Tigers is what I've heard. That is just reportedly, that's just rumors going around. Nothing official there whatsoever. Uh, if Nathan Brown signs with the Tigers, traditionally he's been a pretty good super coach player. I just think there's too many mouths to feed in that side if you're keen on Nathan Brown. They have a few injuries and whatnot. He might become interesting, but I, I just think he'll be a fucking headache. So, no, thank you. Um, I've heard reports that he could end up at Newcastle as well, same as the next guy, uh, which is Marty Chapow. If either of them ends up at Newcastle, I think they become a little bit more interesting. But I am hearing that Nathan Brown, he'll end up at the West Tigers, and I'm hearing that Marty Chapow is more likely to end up at the Parramatta Eels. Uh, Marty... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So much upside, so much upside in this guy, but there's just, I don't know, he just he just can't seem to get the very best out of himself, Marty Tapao. So he's another one that I'm probably not overly interested in. Uh, if I can get him really late as a front rower, I'm happy to take a punt on him. I think he'll, he'll be better than most guys that are left on the waiver wire at, uh, at the end of draft day. Uh, we know he's got upside, but minutes are a worry. Consistency is a worry. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If he's at Parramatta, a couple of very good uh, front rowers there, obviously. So it's not like he's going to be the alpha guy. Even if he goes to Newcastle, he's still got the two um, Saifidi boys. So, yeah, I, I don't know. There's just not much upside in Marty Tabau or Nathan Brown, in my opinion, this year, unless any of those teams get a few injuries. If they get a few injuries, becomes interesting all of a sudden. Uh, but, yeah, it's a lot to punt on keeping a Marty Tabau sitting on your bench, hoping for injuries to whatever club he's at, same as Nathan Brown. I just don't think I can do it, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, guys, that sort of sums up all of the updates from the last two or three weeks and how they impact Supercoach and whatnot, in my opinion. 
As I said off the top, guys, beers and break-evens will be returning on Jan 18. Not that far away. I think it's about 10 days away or so now. So very exciting. Cannot wait to rip and tear back into that. Some huge announcements coming for you guys as well. We'll try and do every Monday a little draft recap uh, to catch up on what's happened in the last week and how it could possibly impact you come draft day. I've also got Natty and Wooker. They'll be flying down from Queensland once a month during the regular season. I'll be dragging them into bloke studios, having a couple of blokes and uh, getting stuck into draft content there. We'll do about an hour show once a month uh, to hopefully provide you guys with some much needed draft content. I don't think there's enough out there. I think the draft content that is out there, a lot of it is you know via Zoom and whatnot. I'm very keen to get the boys in studio, have a real raw chat there and catch up on our teams once a month and talk about guys we like for the next few weeks. The Rubdown boys, they have unbelievable stats, the best in the business. And I'm very keen for them to share it with you on that platform and hopefully create some more content to share on social media to get more people interested in draft as well. Cheers, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 